Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Bell the Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer. And joining us now, the Kingslayer, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Oh, man. Professor... If you could just see the smile on my face right now, man, it's going to take a long, it's going to take a hot second to get this smile off my face. I'm going to tell you what, man, it's good to be king if just for a day. Um, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I'm coming off a real big deal there. Uh, just I got in late last night, early this morning, but I'm telling you, it was a great night, man. Um, I want to send some couple shout outs, man. To my brother, Jim, mm -hmm. our friend Larry, Casey King, and Judy Ray Hendricks. They were my um, travel companions down to Beckley, West Virginia last night. As my main man, Shane Storm, was going to face Jerry the King Lawler with Dennis Condry in his corner. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. <clears throat> I want to thank ASW for having me down there, Gary and that group. Jeremy, this was first class all the way. And it's brought to us big sponsor, man, Stephen P. New, first class, man. Beckley, um, the the building air is a dome. The acoustics, the fans were with it. Um, good crowd. And, man, it was just, uh, I just want to make sure those people and everyone that's involved in the card, and the event staff, to everyone at work that got to see some really good uh, wrestling and got to see some uh, – uh, indie indie workers I know pretty good that that uh, good to see them back out there from a live crowd, and uh, I just can't thank uh, uh, as the hashtag was the Blaze Bunch. Um, we had a good time, man. To, needless to say, it was a really good time. I have to put them people over at the very beginning. Nice, nice, nice. So, uh, and I'm still smiling, but you can ask me about the matches or the match anytime you want, man. Well, so, let's um, let's kind of. I might not should be smiling. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um let's well let's kind of go over what was uh give us just a quick rundown what was the card and then we'll get into specifics oh well you know they had um start off battle royal it was a memorial battle royal um you know had some young students out there some new new people involved in a business um and that's the start of the event um they um Let's just do this real quick. Let's get rid of the elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, they did a, um, and we'll come back to this, folks. Yeah. Uh, I may not know what I'm going to say here in just a second. So we had a couple deaths this week. Um, they did a 10-bell salute. Uh, we'll come back to this to uh, Burt Prentice, uh, uh, the assassin, Jody Hamilton, and, of course, <clears throat> beautiful Bobby Eaton. So they did that to start the night, and uh, everyone was, you know, so, you know, Bobby's spirit was there, it felt like, was, you know, with what's going to happen here. Then, um, you know, we just, um, if, if you give, I have that, I had to actually event card in front of me earlier today. It's in the other room. Um, so, yeah, the Heat Seekers, if anyone's listening, fan of the Heat Seekers, man, Elliot and Sigmund, those guys are the best unsigned tag team out there. The Heat Seekers, man, I'm telling you, they're awesome. I enjoyed seeing them. Uh, uh, shit, I can't remember everyone, you know, there's too many people to remember as there. Uh, Jesse Smothers was there, you know, so she did always good to see her. Um, Judy Ray Hendricks got to be in a battle royal, held her own. I was uh, happy for her. Um, I try to think Heath from WWE, you know, he's from up in that West Virginia area. He was on there. He special. He come out and made a save um, with uh, uh, Matt Cardona was there. And um, he was wrestling. Um, shit, I'm draw. I know the guy. I can't uh, uh, Brian Myers. Two big guys. Good match. But you know who the special guest referee was? Who's that? My man Shane Douglas. Man. Oh shit. And he and he was going caught straight down the middle. Bobby, I said, let me pay you to keep this on. That's I'm caught it straight down the middle. And when he said that, he threw a swerve with his hand. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> this is gonna be good. And it was. It was good. Uh, and Heath, he comes out and reverses uh, Shane's decision on, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, everything was pretty good, you know, just to tell you. But, uh, man, I was mostly, I watched pretty much all the matches. Kerry Morton, man, I'm telling you, Ricky's a little boy, he's not so little anymore, but look, he's looking great. He's young. He's, he's, a, he's a young lion, man. Mm -hmm. um, he had a really good match. Again, I don't have the paper from me. I know the guy's name. But anyway, Kerry, I'm so, I told him, I'm so proud of him, man, and he, and he knows that. So, uh, those are just some, you know, I'm just going to cut to the chase. There's the Shane Storm myself, man. 
they had a Smoky Mountain Heavyweight Championship replica belt for me. That was awesome. It oh, looked cool. beautiful. Very nice. I posted some pictures there on Twitter, Bobby Blaze 744 um, I'll hit you up with some of them, Jeremy, so you can post them on a belt-to-belt page um, or pages. Um, but, yeah, so big night, man. Big night to bash in Beckley, and we're the main event. And I didn't find out until last Saturday I was in the main event. I never even thought about it. I mean, it's Jerry the fucking King Lawler, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's Shane Storm, the biggest star for ASW and the best fucking worker they got there and wrestler they got there. Then they bring in Dennis Condry, who's going to be just the enforcer. Then next thing you know, he's in his corner. I mean, you know, my God. So um, that's what you're up against. And, um, man, I'll just say this. Like I said, uh, Shane Storm. So we get, we get out there and a the match, man, is just electrifying. They're just doing, they're going to, Dollar comes out there and he just starts shooting on me, man. I mean, he uh-huh. takes the mic and, and I'm not getting the mic. I'm not getting the mic. Lawler's got the mic and he just buries me, but I'm a heel, you know, and I get it. And he's over, dude. He ran the Memphis territory for years and years and years, sold out the Mid-South Coliseum, you know, then went on one of the most popular television wrestling programs of all time on Raw every Monday, you know. Mm-hmm. This guy is over. So anything he does is going to get over. And um, so he he basically, you know, tries to bury, you know, Shane and myself. And what did I teach Shane? I said, you know, headlocks and hammerlocks. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, and Dennis is giving me the evil eye over there, and he's coming around a couple of times. Uh, you know, like, hey, and I'm I'm telling him, hey, we don't have any beef, man. Me, you and I do not have any beef, Dennis. You know, and I'm selling back from him. But uh, so Lawler, you know, I chain gets a punch off and Lawler, you know, he sells it for a hot second there and he come on and punches Shane. And then some things happen. He's like got Shane in a little bit of a predicament there. And he's like, did you teach him this? Did you teach him this? And I'm <laughs> wanting to say, yeah, I taught him how to sell, you know, but we're working and we're having, we're having a hot time up there. It's, it's just good, good, good. Uh, finally. So, uh, I'm thinking Shane's got this. Shane's got this the whole time. You know, I've got the belt laid right there in the corner. Uh, cause Lawler of course had to bury it that I've been living off that fucking, you know, title win for all these years. <laughs> and, uh, like, well, that's a shoot, but that's fine. Uh, you know, going to be doing business with the King. No worries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, um, Shane's got him, man. And, uh, against my better judgment, I said, get him, go up top and get him. Of course, Shane climbs up the ropes, drops a big ass bump. Lawler rolls out of the way. Uh, and Shane selling, you know, my whole whatever. I don't know. Just <laughs> so Lawler comes up and you know what happens when a strap comes down. So dude, Shane, he just put it. Lawler calmly put his hand up like stop. And he slowly just peeled that strap down. Okay. <laughs> and when it came down, now check it out, man. I knew Shane was in trouble then, of course. And, uh, Lawler gives him one, two, three, nine left jabs, right? And everyone's sitting there waiting for it. Hey, that big right punch is coming. No, this is the king. You know, he fucking does. He drop kicks him. Oh. <laughs> Jerry the King Lawler threw a drop kick on Shane. Well, I didn't take none liking to that too much, man. I'm like, Shane's in trouble, you know. And anyway, Shane, I... Shane, he gets some, Lawler tries to grab in a headlock and I, the belt's laying there. I climb up on the apron because I'm thinking, man, you know, come on, Shane. So he shoots Lawler off into the referee. They both kind of go down and Shane's, I'm yelling at him. I'm by the apron by now. I picked up the belt. I'm like, Shane. And I toss the belt to him. And Lawler, what do I know? Lawler, he's right in front of me. I wasn't going to cheat. I wasn't, I thought he, you know, Shane, Shane's got this guy, but you know, anything, anything, get an advantage somewhere. Yeah. Yes. And man, I grabbed Lawler from behind and I've got him across that top rope, man. And Shane is going to bust him with that fucking smoky mountain heavyweight championship title. And lo and behold, last second, fucking Lawler slips out of my hands, 
Shane bashes me right in the fucking head. You could say I cost a match. He cost himself the match. I don't know. It's just miscommunication. Lawler out foxed Jeremy, he hit me so goddamn hard. I think it receded my hairline. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. And then, so I take the bump on the apron, and I roll out to the floor, and who's there? Fucking Dennis Condry. And let me tell you. The lover boy has still got a sock to his punch, man. I'm right there coming around where the steps are at, and here comes Dennis Condry, and he's on me. And boom, he blasts me. So it went bump on the apron, bump to the floor. Condry gets me, and right as Condry's getting me, I can only see so far up into the ring uh, because I'm down on the floor, and Condry's kind of hovering over me against the security rail to make sure I don't interfere like I'm going to after he's bashed me, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's Lawler delivering a pile driver on Shane Storm, one, two, three. And uh place goes nuts. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. Oh, wow. I was wanting to – I smiled the whole night. Uh, you know, like I said, it was, it was a first-class presentation. The people got a, a hell of a show. The fans did. And then, um, you know – I'm just going to tell you, uh, I didn't tell my the Blaze Bunch on to the way home, but I had woke when I woke up yesterday one Saturday. I just knew it was going to be a good day. It was going to be a special day, and I said to myself, you know, some things come over you sometimes, and I said, you know, who can't be at this show tonight? Tracy Smothers and Bobby Eaton, but you know who can be? I can be. And that's what I was going to do for that day, and I did it. And I got there. I talked to Shane Storm. He said, we're going we're to make it good. We're going to make it good. And I said, no, Shane, we're going to make it great. Now, I've known this man since he's 17 years old, training him. And he he said he couldn't share this moment with anyone, you know, uh, he'd rather share if anyone than me that he's getting Russell Lawler in this, you know, from this huge crowd for his you know, pretty good damn company. And I said, well, Shane, I hope everyone out there hates us. And I said, we got about six fans. And I said, well, I said five at first, but I didn't realize his dad was there. So it's his dad, his wife, and then the Blaze Bunch, like I said, Casey, Judy Ray, my brother Jim and Larry. I said, we might have five or six fans out there, but I want everyone else to hate us. And I said, and when that finish goes off, I hope they blow the roof off this dome doing levels. So I said, we're not going to make it good. We're going to make it great. said, you know who can't be here tonight? And I said that, Tracy and Bobby. And, you know, you shed a little tear for like a half a second. And I'm like, but we can. So Dennis and I spoke a couple times in the back, professional, Mm -hmm. just like the King, very professional. We kept our distance, professional show, you know. But um, I shared a couple of stories with Dennis. We talked a couple, you know, a couple different, you know, you're, you're in the back, had catering. Hey, man, you go to an event, they got catering. I was just talking about catering last week on a show, man. It's yep. just, you know, hey, it's awesome, man. Anyway, professional. But I did tell Dennis, I said, Dennis, because I knew he was hurting. Um, but I said, you know, I told him that, you know, Tracy's not there. Bobby's not there, but we're there. And then Shane Douglas had also shared a story earlier when he first walked in the building because Shane and I always give each other a hug. Shane Douglas said, how lucky are we to be a part of this, you know? And uh, he was telling me about he had a match um, against the Midnights there. And uh, he talked about this spot him and Bobby Eaton did. And, you know, it's always just good stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so um, I just kind of want to, you know, share that story with you. Thanks again to, uh, you know, ASW, uh, Stephen P. New. Thank you, Jim, Larry, Casey, Judy Ray. Uh, thank you. Thank all the guys and girls that performed. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out, deservingly so, to uh, Dennis Condry and, and Jerry the King Lawler. And, uh, man, he's, you know, it's all good, man. Uh, we should have won. But, um, you know, things got a little miscued there, and that's the way it happens. No, or as I told – go ahead. I'm sorry. I got two more – go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 I was, was going to say, say I got two more things I said to Lawler. Just Well, just next time this comes up, don't eat any yeah. buttered popcorn before the match. Right. There you go. Yeah, Yeah, it was slippery. Slippery when wet. Yeah. No, um, (laughs) he said something, um, uh, something about that belt. And he goes, uh, something about me getting over. And and I 
I can't remember, I can't remember what he said. Now I had it there for a second. But anyway, <laughs> Shane's to my left. We're outside the ring, cell on the way, right? Mm-hmm. Dennis is on the other side. Larry uh, Lawler's got the 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 mic, and he's he, he's talking about and um. He goes, you taught him everything you know of this and that and all that. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he says something, how it was booked. Uh, he said, I I, just, I I don't know how you beat me or something like that. And I said, it's called the office hold. It was booked that way. <laughs> and he about smiled at me, you know. But I said it in a way that only him and Shane, and I, I don't think Dennis or Ref could even hear it, you know. Yeah. But uh, he's, he, he wanted to crack on that one. Uh, but he didn't. But then the other thing was, the belt was still laid after all was said and done. Shane's outside selling a pile driver. Dennis is standing over me and goes back to about the middle of the ring entrance, but we can't get back to the locker room. The belt is laying on the apron, and Lawler bends over to pick it up as I'm going to go get it. And I'm looking at him like, oh, shoot, man, he's got, the, he's got my gimmick. You know what I'm saying? He's got my belt. And Lawler like, you want this? You want this? And of course I want it. Yeah. You know what he does? Uh-oh. He takes the belt, raises one leg, and wipes his behind on ah. it. He wipe, emulates wiping his butt on that belt, then throws it down. There it is. And of course I have to grab it and run to Shane like, can you believe this? He he wiped his ass on my back. You know, so as a good, you know. And then Condry's blocking the path back to the locker room. Like I said, he's still being the enforcer mode. But a referee kind of, you know, scooted him back because they're up and they got to get their glory still. We're trying to get in the back. So it all worked out. But yeah, um, yeah, it's just a couple fun things, man. You know, fun, fun things. Um uh, I'm still elated about it. Sounds like, obviously. Sounds like yeah. a great night. Sounds like you had a great time. Yes. Um, yeah. So I got to send back your Christmas present, though. <laughs> um, no, that's, <laughs> um, that, no, that sounds like a blast. It does. Uh, it was, man. Yeah. It was. It was a blast in Beckley. <laughs> yeah. And the Blaze Bunch was there, you know. Well, you know, because so. like, initially my plan was to be out there for this show as well. Your name was brought up, actually. Yes, it was. And you know, I would have, I would have loved to do it. Now, here, here's the thing: next week is my birthday. Okay, I am the only. I knew it was person, coming up. Yeah, I am the only person at work every day next week. <laughs> That's just what you told me off the air yeah. the last week. Uh, understand it, but yeah, um, Nate got him a shout out. Saw him, oh, man. Cool. He was busy. He he was busy, but that's of course how your name came up with Nate. And he actually had Tim on a phone, and uh, they were speaking. I, you know, he gave him a quick yell and a shout. You know, uh, that was around catering time. But everyone's, you know, you're lucky to get back there and get your deal done. You know, because everyone's running around the event yeah, staff yeah. and all that. But yeah, so your name did come up. We knew you were going to try to make it, but it just didn't work out this time. Well, so next time I'll have to just get enough heads up to go and just yeah that and don't hopefully it won't do it around your birthday where you have to work all the time oh, Jesus. well <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you know i had so many options of things to go do this week and i couldn't do it but you know what the hell yeah <laughs> i got you yeah. well i'm gonna shift gears for a quick yes. uh second here um let me get some house cleaning out of the way real quickly okay uh by the time this drops on tuesday when you hear it like tuesday or wednesday if you are in Ashland, Ironton, Huntington, the greater tri-state area, Charleston, Beckley, uh, Columbus, Cincinnati, whoever's listening to our program, Lexington, you're not that far away. Um, I know we got a lot of listeners out there. I'm going to be making an appearance in my hometown here in Ashland at the um, Time Warp at the Ashland Town Center location. Um, so I'll be there from 5 to 7, uh, signing autographs. All the autographs are free. they got a lot of big 8 by 10s they're going to put out. Um, I'm getting there. I want to thank Earl. They've had some big stars down there. I told you, uh, uh, Tommy Dreamer, Shane uh, Douglas, uh, Ricky Stoonboat, Jim Dugan, uh, Tony Atlas, Bob Wharton Jr. Um, they've uh, D'Lo Brown. You know, they've 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 got more scheduled. Uh, when you hear who who they're talking about bringing in. I can't even tell you now, uh, but it's going to be two huge names for some big events. And that's the one down the line. But this Saturday, the 14th, from 5 until 7, that's just Ashland Town Center at the Time Warp. Uh, but thank you very much for having me down there. And also, I'll be representing, um, of course, Joe Pace taking care of me with FTC. Um, you know, putting this thing together, both of them, Joe and Earl. I appreciate it. So, uh, Time Warp. Um, Jeremy, you'd love that store, and we're going to be putting that over more in the future. Uh, we're working on a couple of details on that right now, and also I'm glad to be representing 
and FTC, and more importantly, what I'm doing right now with the um, Art of Grappling School for FTC. You know, I'm just uh, trying to help these young people out, man, paying it forward. You know, try to get them to where they can work a main event against Jerry Lawler one day. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I wanted to get that out of the way. Uh, that's our house cleaning. Real quick, I'm going to mention three things, and we'll go from there. Feel free to jump in. We had some deaths this week, as we mentioned. Um, Burt Prentice, um, he was out, uh, I know he's a Memphis promoter. He's out in Nashville also. I'll have to say this, I didn't know him very well, but when I spoke to him, it was always professional. And um, he, um, at one time when I was WCW, he was running some stuff out in uh, Nashville. And a lot of the boys lived in Nashville, but, you know, I, I told him what I need to come in for because that's about five hours from me. Yeah. And, you know, he appreciated my work and we knew each other. He knew Jimmy and he had seen my work and stuff. And uh, a couple of the guys that worked for him at the time, uh, you know, was kind of, you know, they stayed in the Nashville area and was trying to get me to come in. But Bert was like, well, Bobby, here's the thing I can get 25 workers in Nashville for $25 and they're not even leaving home, you know? Yeah. And like, I understood it. He was running smaller shows at that particular time. So I just wanted to make sure, um, you know, put his name out there. The second was Jody Hamilton. The, you know, most people's going to remember him as the assassins along with the, there was the Bolos before I had along with his partner, uh, Tom Renesto. They were partnered. He was father of Nick Patrick. Most people is going to know him, of course, from uh, WCW uh, latter years, but he was there. He was a fixture, uh, one, of, one of, if not the greatest masked men in the world of professional wrestling at any given time. D- depends on where you put him at, you know. Um, I know he was a favorite or our great late friend, you know, Tex Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, I don't know if you have anything to say about Bert or Jody uh, Hamilton. Uh, the assassin um, do so and i'm gonna mention one more we'll go through because i don't know what i'm gonna say after that yeah okay, well, just with, so you with, know with bert he, he i don't know i think it was still ongoing he was running pro wrestling usa mm-hmm. um they had a, a weekly show on tv i think even but they you can yes. definitely find their show on youtube and it was like it was entertaining it was a lot of guys mm-hmm. i think you'll find in the up-and-coming areas um, and they were still using replicas of the old NWA US tag team title belt, which I always like. Mm. Um, so it was, it was definitely a good product. Of course, with Bert, there's, uh, there's some stories out there. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring him up. Uh, no, I haven't, you know, oh, I'll, I'll leave that I'll, to the people I'll, that had personal experiences with Bert. <laughs> I'll, I'll let everybody do their own research. Yes, there you but, go. But if you if you want to find some entertaining stuff, go check it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I dealt with them all in a professional, strictly uh, professional manner. So, and briefly, and only a handful of times. So, <clears throat> I don't know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anything about Jody? Uh, you know what? I don't. I like. I I know Jody better from like later stuff and hearing him gotcha. on things. I I wasn't really. I, I'm not knowledgeable enough about him to really say a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, when I was in WCW, I had my tryout match. There's he's he's at the table. He's pretty much one of the last people you see people caught the gorilla position. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jody would be, you know, there. And um, you know, throughout the three years I was there, you know, I saw him quite a bit. Uh, I don't think I ever saw him at catering or back in the back. It seemed like when I saw him, it was right when I was getting ready to go through the curtain. He was always like right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying I didn't see him in places, but that's my memory is like when I was right up there by the table, right by the curtain, ready to go out. He was right in that position every every time, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, he was strictly business. When you had a time limit, you go out there and for, I know for myself and the guys that were, you know, had those the deal I had, you know what time you got, you get that time, um, you know, so um, very respectful, but uh, very professional too. No, even though I knew Nick Patrick, you know, really, really good because he was friend with the Armstrongs and we all hung out together. That's uh, his dad. It was a whole different relationship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't like, hey, your dad's this or no, you know, nothing like that. We just, in fact, they were, you know, it's just Jody. I don't even know. I'm sure he probably called him a home dad or something, but it's just like, he wanted the bosses, you know. Yep. So, um, and of course, beautiful Bobby Eaton yep. passed away unexpectedly the other day, and that's where we're going to make this show. We're going to dedicate this show to Bobby. Um, man, you can just start us off and 
tell me some memories that you want, and I'll share some personal stories. Uh, just I love Bob Eaton, and uh, he's one of the most kindest, nicest people I've ever met in my life. Um, as great um, as he was in the ring, he was a better and greater man outside the ring. Um, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. And I'll, I'll, I'll go from there, but go ahead and kind of get us going here and tell some people some facts, figures. I don't know, whatever you want to talk oh, sure. about, man. Well, so I woke up uh, that morning and I was running late <laughs> and I didn't have my glasses on. I grabbed my phone. There's a text from you. And all I see are the words, Bobby died. What the fuck? And then I put my glasses on it. Bobby Eaton died. Now, well, that's no fucking better. And so right. I was caught off guard because um, I knew he wasn't very old. And, you know, Bobby Eaton, he's one of those guys, like, people who really appreciate pro wrestling appreciate Bobby Eaton. And, mm, you yes. know, he was born in, uh, was it 58 or 59? He wasn't a very old guy. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't a very old guy. Um, you know, and every story you see about him, they're like tag team specialists. But what they forget <laughs> is that what Bobby Eaton was, was a guy who could carry anybody through any match for any reason. He was so good that they put fucking George Goulas on him. As a tag team <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and he carried him around on his back for a while. Um, you know, and you know, you, you, you spent time with him. You went up to, to Canada with him and filmed yep. video game stuff. Uh, you know, for me, Bobby Eaton was just, he was that guy in the midnight express who, uh, you know, probably one of the best heel tag team, probably one of the best tag teams ever. Right. Um, right. But he was the guy who was always in there. Like even when Dennis left and Stan Lane came in, Bobby was there. Yep. He was still good. Even when he pretended to be pretended to be English, he was, <laughs> he was a good tag team partner to Arn Anderson. I mean, yeah. he was, yeah. he was just, he could do, he was kind of like your Jack of all trades, wherever you needed somebody, you could fit Bobby Eaton in there. Yeah. Um, man, of course he's Huntsville, Alabama. That's where he's from. And, um, yeah, I woke up. I had a text from my brother that said, call me. Um, I knew that must have meant something important. As I was getting ready to call him, because I hadn't, I was putting my glass on as well. Uh, Casey King, had, his text came right through. You know, he had passed away. Yeah. And so soon I called my brother. I'm like, he's like, uh, just want, you know, how, want, how you doing? I want to let you know Bob Eaton died. So I like, I just happened to see that text when I was dialing, you know, how it flashes yep. up on your screen, whatever. So I like, you know, those two got a hold of me right away. My phone blew out throughout, throughout, throughout the day, you know. Um, I, I was numb that day. I just kind of got through it, you know, thinking I was just, I don't know, just thinking, um, you know, life uh you're here one minute and then boom you know what it is um and then you know just i knew i had things to do and and so i'm you know sometimes it's hard to be at peace with certain certain things but you find that you know but bobby um he you know, he starts setting a ring up at 13 like had his first matches like at 16 and finally like i i guess he had to get a license that um that, that he filled in for someone on a show as a tag team um, you know, and he started, you know, just started working, uh, mostly down around, you know, for Nick Lewis. If you haven't, I'm only halfway through it. If you haven't listened to it, um, Jim Cornette, this week's podcast on his, um, he pretty much, that's all he's going to talk about. I'm just going to tell you that it's really worth a listen. If you want to get some real, you know, more Bobby Eaton stories from that side, from someone that spent, you know, knew him for 40 years and spent, you know, a lot of years on the road with him. But uh, anyway, my my stories are, you know, Jimmy said to me before, my story kind of reflected his because I'd go down and set the ring up and I was always there trying to get in the ring, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, Bobby and I got close through the years. Um, I knew Bobby Eaton, believe it or not, before I even got in the wrestling business. I was trying to get into it, but it was because of Bobby's kindness when they'd come to Huntington or Charleston, he would come out through the, even Cornette would be there looking at the crowd for a minute, but he would always go back. But Bobby would stand there, and for whatever reason, we started talking. He, he would come up to me to the barricade, and I would go there. And as long as no one else came up, Bobby was like, you know, well, listen, you know, get trained, you know. Uh, he just talked to me, you know. And um, he, so we struck up a little friendship right there, kind of like a kindred spirit kind of thing, you know, like. Yeah. When they come to town, I know, you know, 
if he's not busy and if he comes out beforehand, I know that's one of the boys that's going to talk to me, you know. And that went on for a couple of years, I guess, just, you know, two or three times a year. He, he knew me. You know, who knew I was? He yeah. knew my name was Bobby because it's not hard to forget when your name Bob. Bobby. You know, and that was it. But um, so anyway, I get to Smoky Mountain, and uh, he's there. And, man, I get to do a TV match with him. I'm like, you know, this – you know, talk about being in the main event of Lawler in Smoky Mountain in the future, all the way to, you know, dealing with them uh, uh, last night, you know, those big rushes and stuff. I was in a ring of Bobby Eaton and one of my first TV tapings in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And, uh, you know, Bobby just like – well, what do you do? <laughs> I said, I just off this tour from Australia, you know, off all these guys, and I knew, you know, a lot of stuff I could do. But I'm like, you know, uh, what do you, what do you want me to do? Thinking that away uh, professionally, but I was like, I, you know, I got these three things I like to try to get in my match. He goes, okay, I'll talk to you in a minute. So, well, I knew to finish. You know, it's Alabama slams coming down or the big knee or something. He's going over. That's no worries, but. um Get back together, and he's like, "Okay, you know, it's three things. Here's how you can work them in. Okay, see you out there." And that was it. <laughs> and I'm not saying a five star match, but I'm entering Bobby Heaton going, "Oh man, it's you know." And he does a side backbreaker, goes to the top. There's the flying knee. Boom! It's just beautiful. You know, no pun intended. It's just beautiful. Brush the top of my head. Boom! One, two, three. I'm like, man. And uh, we just start kept talking from there. And then I he come in and out, in and out when he did. And then uh, when I got to WCW, that's when I really got to know him. Uh, we spent a lot of time in the locker room talking. He, he was good at hiding. Don't let him find me. Don't let him find me at that point. You know, he, he, they wasn't doing the best justice with him on TV, you know. Yeah. And he got 75 guys there, and they're trying to put together, you know, uh, 25 matches or 24 matches for the next two weeks' tapings. If his name wasn't on the board, you know, at that point, it's like, don't let him find me, you know. <laughs> that's funny. But then we got to go to Vancouver, and we got really close there. And, um, Every night after EA Sports, they'd pick us up. I think I told you a story. They'd pick us up at 8.30 in limo, and you had to be on the set by 9. And then we had the same limo driver, a guy named Sheldon. And then um, they'd pick you up at uh, 5 o'clock, you know, pretty much 9 to 5. Union guys out there doing all the, you know, uh, stuff for, for EA Sports, the uh, uh, crane work and the grips and, the, you know, all that stuff. You know, I don't know all the insider talk, you know, but then you got hold, guys. Hold on. On, I, yeah. I, I've got a question for you real quick. Yeah. You don't have to get real specific. No. But when you when you do something like that, do they pay you actor scale? Is that how that works? Oh, uh, the way it worked was Bobby and I were on contract. So we was being paid by WCW. OK. Uh, EA Sports and WCW that away. So we're on contract. Now, Lance um, and Buddy. They weren't on contract, so they'd be paid by EA Sport. Okay, so it was like contract through them. So I, I I didn't get you know, but also being we we were luckily going to get you know uh, royalties from the video game. Sure. Our characters got added for for doing our job. But yeah, we so we get back at the hotel at five thirty. Um, the limo driver pick us up for breakfast um, at the at the hotel, and. Uh, Bobby got the guy into the groove of stopping every morning <laughs> and he load up on stuff. You know, he's known for carrying stuff in his, in his, he always had extra towels. You need a towel. Ask Bobby. He's got a towel, but not only that, he's got a sewing kit in there. He's got gum in there. You need a screwdriver. Yeah, Bobby's got one in his bag. You know, what the hell you need? Screw? Well, you never know. <laughs> you know. So that's the way he was, but he getting the, the limo driver to drop, stop at this little drugstore place. And uh, we, he'd go in and get wonder bars and Coca-Cola and stuff, even though we're going to get, we just ate breakfast, we're getting lunch paid for on, on at EA Sports. And then we go back, we had a per diem for dinner, you know, and that's where we was talking at all the time. We, we So on the way back, we stop at the liquor store, get us a few beers before we went to the hotel bar after one back shower, say, what are you going to do to go out that evening at the hotel to eat dinner and stuff. And I asked Bobby one day, I said, man, was it like? What was it like? And he goes, What? And I go, Because we was talking about just wrestling, of course. Yeah. I said, You would one of the very first high flyers, if not the first in the United States. You come off that rope. And he goes, I don't know. Never thought about Bobby. You know, like, <laughs> I'm trying to get this. And he's so modest. He wouldn't, you know. I'm like, How was it to be? You're, you're one of the greatest workers 
in the world at one point. I think it was like 90, I don't even know what year it was. They, you know, someone, I can't remember what it was. Like, it just come out how, you know, how great he was yeah. and could be the best in the world kind of thing. And like, I don't know, I never paid much attention to it. You know, I just love wrestling. And um, one story shared with me, we talked about, you know, down there at Nick Goulas and when he's first breaking in and he, you know, he done some stuff, I think, in Atlanta and some other things before he actually went over to, to Memphis, you know, start working for Jarrett's and stuff. I don't know exactly when this took place, but I knew he was close to his mom and his, he had an older sister. And um, so, you know, he's, I, I think he's, I think he's 18 at this time. So it's just, it's just in a short period of time, but he was telling me he went and done this loop I think it's like five days. I won't say a loop, but you know, worked the territory when he actually was getting a little bit of a push. Mm-hmm. And he he said he remembered his first one thousand dollar week, and he went home. And you know, his mom and sister, of course, were just it was all three in tears. He said he couldn't believe it. You know, he was getting paid to, to do something he loved so much. But that was early on in his career. I don't know what year that was, but I think he was only like I said, eighteen or nineteen, still single. Um, you know, just you know. Uh, I don't think he saw himself as a big star or anything. I don't even know what the payoffs were, but apparently he had that thousand dollar week for, you know, every night must have drew three or five hundred people or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. And um, that that's really cool for me to share it with me, you know, because damn, a thousand dollar week back then. Think about that, you know. That's some that's some buying uh, power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, just stories like that, that I remember. Them. And I'll say this. And this is one lesson I've learned from Bobby Eaton that I've taken a heart and I and I. I live it to this day. He was always so nice and we was in Canada and, uh, you know, we was just talking and he just looked at me and he goes, Bobby, it don't cost anything to be nice to someone. And that hit me. We're talking probably 90, 1998 or so. You know, I'm a grown man mm-hmm. in, in my, you know, early mid thirties. We all know that lesson. You know, you know, the, you know, the drill. But another man just sit there and, you know, just it, it sunk in like it was a lesson. And, the, you know, I know he's a couple years older than me. Um, and he just said, you know, Bobby, it don't cost anything to be nice to people. And so I think I told you that he'd buy the Wonder Bars and a Coke and this and that. Well, he'd get in and no one wanted any because we just finished. And he'd always ask the liberal driver, Sheldon. No, Mr. Bobby, oh, thank you. You know, the Indian guy can't do an Indian accent and not make fun of Indian, just saying, you know. <laughs> but it's no, Mr. Bobby, thank you. <laughs> so Bobby quit buying four and five wonder bars for the people in the limo because no one was eating them. And I guess he was, you know. And he's quit buying two or three sodas and extra waters and, and, and bubble gum and no one ever took anything. So I don't know, man. We're like, we're up for like over 20 some days, 21, 22 days. Um, day 14 or somewhere, you know, 13, 14, 15, Bobby starts buying like one candy bar and one Coke and, and with some bubble gum and whatever else he brought. But he, he, he quit buying for the limo. And of course he gets in and goes, hey, hey, boys, hey, anyone want to, you know, want a candy bar? Go on his Wonder Bar. <laughs> you know, me and Lash, I said some other name, right? It's Lash LaRue and then. Buddy Lee Parker and we're like we're we're not like no Bobby we're good you know we've got three breakfasts you know it, it, appreciate the kindness you know that costs things to be nice to us but thank you <laughs> hey hey Sheldon <laughs> now you only bought one water bar one coke and like I said probably a handful of gum and some other sundry whatever you needed you know he's going to have later on and uh, <laughs> he goes oh yes Mr Bobby I do believe I have a candy bar today. <laughs> And Bobby like, God damn. <laughs> he only bought one. But you know he did? He gave that guy, he gave the limo driver the candy bar, man. You know, because he was down to buying one because he knew none of us going to take it, including the driver. But one day that driver like, oh, yes, Mr. Bobby, thank you. <laughs> he just looked at it like, son of a gun. Can't win for losing. But that was his uh, kindness, though. Yeah. He didn't bitch about it. He, Dude, he gave the guy a candy bar. And it could have been the last candy bar on earth. And Bobby, if that guy wanted it, he still would have gave it to him. He didn't bitch moan about it. You know what I'm saying? It just, we just all started cracking up. You know, it's just one of those things that happened. And I don't even know if the guy took another one after that. It's just what that, that one day that guy must have needed that damn candy bar or really wanted it. Or maybe he thought, maybe I'm offending this gentleman by not accepting a gift, you know, after a couple of weeks here. You know, maybe I should accept it. Just that day he had one. So, and also I told Nate, uh, he was on the phone to Tim. Uh, Tim, 
you're getting mentioned today because I want you to send those damn wonder bars. Nate said you put together a package. And Jeremy, what else do we want? Some of those chips. I haven't had the chips you always talking oh, about. What are they? Okay. Old Dutch or something? Uh, well, Old Dutch is the brand that you can get, but the All Dressed, which is their ketchup, pickle, uh, barbecue, it's everything ooh. on a chip. Yeah. Hook us up up there, man. Yep. Uh, the great white north tim hook us up man i gotta tell you you know the other thing is send send a craft dinner and some maple syrup too (laughs) that's uh you gotta get in there bobby so just reading up on yeah a little bit yeah i gotta tell you there were some things i told you i wouldn't know what i was gonna say so that's fine yeah i'm just kind of just kind of coming into something here I know okay. I'd always heard you guys talk and I, different people, different shows and things. Everybody talk about what a great guy Bobby was, this, that, and the other. And yes. I think it was uh, Tom Robbins or one of those guys was telling a story about he was uh, giving giving Bobby a ride from the airport to the Marriott or something, and he made some crack about how they called it the Marquiot or whatever. Okay, and, and Bobby Eaton was like, "Pull the fucking car over." Look, we're all Marks. I'm going to walk from here. You know, you're a Mark. I'm a Mark. Our fans are Marks. Just, you know. I thought that was really cool because then you, you know that he identif- like he identifies with us. He knows what it's yeah. like to be a wrestling fan. He still has that in mind. And, you know, you're the same way. You know, you're still a yeah. fan on top of everything. Um, yeah. There were the stories of Bobby Eaton with a duffel bag full of shit in case you yeah. lost your socks. You're I'm so telling you, he had it all in there. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was really interesting was that when he worked for Bill Dundee, Bill Dundee uh-huh. had a rule that his daughter was not allowed to date wrestling. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it turned out that Bobby and Bill Dundee's daughter were dating, and Bill Dundee was like, well, Bobby Eaton's a good enough guy. I don't care. You know, he just like, Yeah, well, I, I guess, guess he went off on her for a hot second, and oh, then when I'm she sure, said it was yeah. Bobby, he was like, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> if you got to pick one, at least you picked a good one. I guess you that know. one's okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and of course Donna, his wife. If mm. um, I think they was married, oh, I could, over over thirty some years, but she had passed away in late June, you know. So, um, and I do know this. I think it shut down now. There was a, a GoFundMe out there, a legitimate, a legitimate one that Sigmund from the Heat Seeker I was mentioning. Uh, he put that together, him and a couple other people, and um, they hit their they hit their goal. It was ten thousand. They drew they they raised over twenty thousand dollars for oh, Bobby's cool. funeral expenses. I spoke with Sigmund in person about that. He was deeply touched. He had a great shirt on. Collar and elbow. If you go to collar and elbow there, you can use the code word blaze. I'm not here trying to push a t-shirt, but I'm telling you, I'm getting me one. And I pay full price there at collar and elbow. Um, if, if you use code blaze, B-L-A-Z-E, all caps, you get 10% off. Sigmund had this shirt on. It was a Bobby Eaton shirt that he, um, that they collar and elbow came up with. And it had like the Alabama jammer on it. It's blue with the, it was a great shirt, man. Um, uh, my brother and I both put it over and Sigmund just like, he was really, um, so he had that shirt on, you know, it, and I'm trying to uh, see, hold on. I'll tell you exactly what it says. We, we did a picture together. Um, it's, um, Bobby Eaton and it's uh, beautiful in the middle. It's, it's got, I think it says Alabama jam on the bottom and it's just, it's awesome. Blue with white lettering. It's an old school throwback shirt. Go order at, I'm going to, um, and, um, Sigmund, if anyone's, anyone's listening to, you know, please let him know I put him over in this podcast because I, I think the world of that guy and, and the tag team was, like I said, the best unsigned tag team out there. Um, but yeah, he, uh, you know, we had several good little quiet talks yesterday and I, I appreciate it because him and Bobby were real, real good. They were real tight, real tight. Yeah. And he's, he's, he said he personally has taken care of the, he's going to take the money to the funeral home. He, you know, he's, there, him and there's a couple other people involved. Just saying, and um, people, you know, he knows a lot of people contributed. Some anonymously, some people used their real names. You know, you don't recognize them when they're, um, you know. So every every little cent, you know, I had someone tell me, "Hey, I, I gave ten dollars." I said, ten dollars is a lot of money." You know, when a lot of people, you know, give ten dollars, that's a lot of money. You know, and um, I was glad they did. And they said, well, I put an anonymous. I said, that's good. You're paying it forward. You know, you're doing something for a fellow, someone that dedicated her life to this business. And to go back on that fan thing, he never stopped being a fan. You know, he was always a fan of professional wrestling, much like myself. And we love professional wrestling, you know. But, um, 
Yeah, and he was a he was a great. Uh, he could talk to you about a match and stuff. Um, he would always when those TVs in Orlando for Universal. He always watches my matches, and he said, "Bobby, you know," and he'd give me an idea. Or, hey, listen, because I, I wrestled you the God one time, and he did belly to belly on me, and I tucked my chin and got over. But uh, Bobby's like, "Man, you make sure here's where you put your chin at. Put it right inside of his." you know, armpit right here and I'll protect you more. And I was like, Oh, you know, you know, you know, so thank you. You know? So, um, anyway, it just, just one of those great people who enjoyed being around. And, you know, you sometimes, like I said, I'm sitting there at dinner and I'm not throwing one. Um, there's an excellent, uh, one hour. Tom Pritchard is, is talking to Bobby a couple of years ago for high spots on YouTube, but you got to, um, you kind of draw it out of him sometimes. You know, he's Bobby Heaton. He's not got a whole lot to say. Yeah. But when he says something, you know, you listen. Um, so, uh, you know, just um, try to think of some more stories, man. I I was drawing a blank on it. Uh, I meant to tell uh, Jimmy and Larry and him on the ride up here. You know, I was going to tell him about his first $1,000 week. Uh, he was sharing that with me. I thought that was so cool, you know, way back when. Been a young, you know, late teenager in this business or a young professional in this business that he he's out there working full time from setting a ring up to like you know and uh cornette brings up a good point on, on his show this uh i guess so dennis condry was a little bit older and already in the business and when he came back through corny had met him before but when he came back through and they before they got the tag team because bobby like you brought up nick Goulas, they were the jet setters but I guess because Bobby could um, do all the work and make the hot tag to George, so George could get in and take the you know get the win or whatever. But they were the young, and and, and we'll bring it up. Bobby is the one that shared a story with me. <laughs> they were driving like from Birmingham to some town like three hours away, and they stopped uh, you know like the halfway point or whatever to go into the convenience store. And, and convenience store was a bit different back then, you know. Um, but they pulled in and get some snacks, you know, your Slim Jims, your chips, a couple of soda. Is whatever, but George calls home to Daddy. Daddy, we're having a picnic. We're having a picnic, you know. So you know, Bobby Eaton shared that story with because he didn't bury the guy either. He wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't say anything. If he had a mouthful of gravel, his way would fall everywhere. But he wasn't buried. He was just saying, you know, we only an hour and a half from Birmingham you know, or whatever it was. Like, Daddy, we're having a picnic, you know. I overheard him on the payphone over there. <laughs> says him that's a big adventure i guess but anyway um so <laughs> that's just funny stuff but yes yeah, so, and also with coco where when he was a uh, sugar brown or sweet sweet with a uh, sweet brown sugar mm-hmm. they had a hot tag team but anyway uh corny asked a question or uh, maybe brown asked corny how it was if he walked in and saw this 13 year old kid sitting up a ring uh, when he was working, when Dennis was working that area already. And then he's uh, in Louisville, and there's a 16-year-old photographer. And if he had walked in and seen them both at that time and sees the 13-year-old kid sitting in the ring up and a 16-year-old photographer at ringside, and he would say, you know, he would, in about seven years, this is going to be the, one of the greatest tag teams ever, you know. He couldn't, you know, say Corny tells us because of his yeah. story. I can't tell his story, but I'm just saying, you imagine that, and then and then they get together, and you know, the rest is history, so to say. And uh, that's just pretty cool, man. That they see that's the thing they have in common, Corny and and Bobby and. My brother, myself, we just love wrestling, man. You know, we love professional. Hell, my brother come over. We, I think I told you last Monday we were thinking about going to, um, we were going to go out of town to a couple hours to see um, someone that's in the hospital visit them. I won't go into all that personal detail, but but it, it didn't work out. You couldn't get in. So we just, I said, well, come over and, you know, we'll eat some sandwiches and hang out. And Two hours he was here. We talked about wrestling 90, 95% of the time. We told wrestling stories and stuff. You know, it is a good time, man. We just um, love the business, you know, love professional wrestling. So uh, that's why I'm so um, glad to spend time with him last night. Hey, you know? hey, hey, Bobby. Yeah. I was just perusing Facebook a little bit. <laughs> okay. I just found pictures of the king wiping his ass with your belt. Oh, my God. Send them to me. Yeah. Send them. Send me anything you find on there about that, because I'll post them, that bastard. But, hey, it's yeah. good to be king of just for a day. I'm That's not going right. to lie, man. Uh, that was... Um, it, looks like, it looks like you fell to the ground, or at least the uh, the the uh, the gate there, and cried a little bit, it looks like. 
Hey, now come on, man. I was. Uh, well, it's, I was a, it's a beautiful yeah. belt. I can't blame you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It. Yeah. I um. I'll send you a couple pictures too that were taken. Um. I didn't have any um. In ring, uh, I got the uh, finish on my phone. Uh, Judy Rowe is kind enough to record that for me for when Matt goes up and misses the ass bump. I've got that. I'll send it to you so you'll see the finish. I don't have the aftermath of um, on that, you know, but I know, you know, I'll have to see those pictures. Yeah. I'd appreciate it very I, much. I, if anyone I, wants I, to share anything from Nice Night Beck, let me give it out there real quick, Jeremy, because mm-hmm. I just I told you I know you're going to say about Bobby. Can't say enough good things. I love them. I appreciate people that reached out to me. That hit home really hard. Um, I'm doing better. Obviously, when you talk about we're doing better and seeing some people that knew him. At Bobby Blaze 744 if you got any pictures uh, from last night's uh, in Beckley Bash, uh, Bash and Beckley, please feel free to send them to me. Also, you can hit Jeremy up uh, at the Geekish Cast or our joint account at Bell to Bell Blaze. And there's also a Facebook page for that. And um, real quickly, Jeremy, um, I'll just go ahead and give out the books, you know. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Amazon, my books are on there. I got two books on there. Pin me, pay me, have boots with travel. And I kicked out on two, the education wrestler. Someone come up to me last night. Uh, what, uh, Justin, a referee, uh, used to hang out Shane and myself. Hadn't seen for a while. He was talking about how he loved that, that title. I kicked out on two because where I kicked out on Alex Wright's finish, you know, on TV mm-hmm. kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, you put together a couple links. So, uh, if you're out there, you want to get a good wrestling book. Uh, it's got a lot of five-star reviews. I appreciate all, fair and honest reviews. If you go to tinyrl.com slash blazebook1, that'll take you to pin me, pay me, have boost will travel. If you go to uh, tinyrl.com slash blazebook2, that'll take you to, I kicked that on to the Education Wrestler. And, um, yeah, hit me up. Hit Jeremy up. We appreciate it. I'd love to see photos from Matt. Uh, sadly enough, I... <laughs> I kind of want to see Lawler wiping his butt with that belt, but I I kind of did tear up a little bit last night when he did. I said, that's my damn belt. He's disrespecting my belt, man. You know, I'm not going to lie. I went to Shane. I I might have had a tear in my eye, man. You know, I'm, yeah. like, well, I'm getting a little choked up about it right now, damn it. <laughs> yeah. You know, just uh, as long as the smell's off the belt, I think it's fine, you know? Ooh, that smell. <laughs> the smell surrounds you. <laughs> oh, oh, man. But no, I told you, and uh, all. Seriously, thanks for everyone listening to me talk about Bobby a little bit. Uh, Godspeed, you know. I, I just want to say, though, I will say this. I, from the time just getting in a vehicle, we rode up to, down to, however you want to look at, to Beckley with some good people, and I got to the event, and you're working a main event. It's good to be king for just a day. You know what I'm saying? Every, the boys, some of the guys I've helped, you know, putting me over here in stories. I, you know, I, I'm one of guys, I'm kind of like Bobby in that regard. I don't, sometimes I don't believe my own, you know, I'm not one of these, I don't believe my own headlines. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes people have to tell me stuff. I remind me of that, but deep inside I smile, you know, I smiled and smiled, you know, it was outside too. I couldn't, I, I just had this big, uh, shit eating grin on my face all night, you know, mm-hmm. and I got in the back afterwards and, uh, uh, I, I, I had already taken my boots off and I'm sitting there and uh, someone's like, man, that's great. They put it over this, that couple of young guys. Um, and I was just like, uh, they was like, how, how was, how I smashed better than any ride you've been on. It, it, literally I was on a ride from the time we walked through the curtain, you know, to that finish. To, I don't care. He wiped his ass on the belt and got another big pop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's one of those things like it, 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 the best ride ever it, times 10. And even when um, I was going back over to the table to pick up a few things, I wasn't sure. And there's a few people in the building, mostly the crew and stuff, but a few staggering stuff. And and I, a couple people under the breath like, Laura, Laura kicked your ass. You know, just try to, you know, <laughs> the people still believe. And in the parking lot, we were in a reserve parking or, you know, event staff parking or whatever it was in the back. Um, I heard a couple people saying little things like, you know, just you could tell they was like fans of Laura. I was the heel prick, you know. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is still a good feeling. I'm smiling 
I was keeping my eyes peeled in the locker room. I had people with me, of course, going out to the parking lot. Never in danger of us thinking, oh, man, I hear people mumbling going, you know. And I'm like, that's still over. They're still fucking talking about it. They wasn't saying, you know, you lost. Lawler won us. They was like, there's that guy. There's Bobby. You know, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, man. Yeah. It was a hell of a good ride, man. Uh, uh, just can't, you know. I appreciate ASW. Uh, like I said, Steve P. New, uh, Shane Storm for letting me be a part of that. And I appreciate um, special thanks again, before most sincerely professionally, you know, Dennis Condry and Jerry King Lawler. It's good to still do business with the King, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, that's. Um, so what? He wiped his ass with the belt. Uh, disrespectful, but um, I still respect him. You know, yeah. well, he's, I mean, he's the king, so you he's know. the king, man. Yeah. And I, and, I, and if I would have got on a microphone and I had kind of just thought things, if I have to speak, I was going to just straight shoot. And that is, when I was a kid, I watched Jerry the King Lawler on Saturday mornings on my TV. Now I might get a little choked up about this with my brother King. I just kind of replayed this out yesterday, you know, Friday and Saturday in my head. If I got the microphone, or if they said, "Bobby, you want to say something?" Uh, he'll promo. I was just going to shoot and tell him like he did. He shot on me. It's pretty hard. <laughs> he got on me good, man. <laughs> you know, uh, he like you know. It's been a couple. How long ago was that? You're riding this. You know, what? He goes, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, I'm not a suave 230 anymore. You know, <laughs> whatever. Just saying. But uh, not that I'm suave at 230. But just saying. Um, Anyway, I was going to say, Jerry Lawler, you know, you're the king. You really are. I was a kid watching you every Saturday with my brother. And that was a highlight of our week, some weeks. And at 15, you know, you start running this program with handsome Jimmy Valiant. And I said, that's what I'm going to do one day. But I'm not going to come out here and call you Kingfish. I'm not going to call you Jerry the Queen Lawler. Nothing like that. Because I don't feel that way about you. I respect you. But... That one night, we shared a ring in Knoxville, Tennessee. I won. I beat the king. I didn't think it'd get much higher than that. Now, here I am a few years later, and my protege over here, a young Shane Storm, and as he says, I taught him everything he knows about in the ring. He's going to whip you tonight. So, for the second time, you know, you're getting, Bobby Blaze has something to say about you getting beat tonight because you're going to lose. Or, as Judy Ray put in a sign, someone gave me a crown. I put a big X, a big Ghostbuster sign through it, and Judy Ray wrote a back out. It said, Lawler fitting to lose. Lawler fitting to lose tonight. Let me see how she put that. That is funny, but that girl didn't let go of that damn sign the whole night, Jeremy. She she was cheering for us. Uh, like I said, my brother Larry was cheering for us. I hope Casey King was cheering for us, you know. But, uh, yeah, I put she put Lawler Finna, F-I-N-N-A, lose. Lawler Finna lose. I said, that's a country girl right there, you know, Finna lose. But, uh, anyway, we had such a good time, man. And, like I said, she held that sign up, and we had her as a fan. I uh, changed wife Vanessa. Uh, she was cheering for us, of course. I didn't know his dad was there. I'd met him back at Shane's um, uh, wedding a few years back. Uh, he was there, and I had, like I said, Jim, Larry, and Casey. So, uh, and if everyone else, and of course, uh, if Stephen P. New and the promoter, uh, Gary Dameron and stuff, if they're happy, I tell you what, every fan in that place left that building last night happy as can be. And I hope they're smiling just half as much as I'm smiling in my heart as I tell that story. So anyway, Professor, I'm winding down. I just, you know, uh, nicest guy in the world, Bobby Eaton, you know, um, and we dedicate that show to him. And thanks for everything, man. You you want, I know you got a story, but I think we're going to save that for another time. Yeah, we'll save that. Uh, what I, yeah, what yeah, I yeah. Do, what I do want to hit. Yeah, because- I'm ready to talk some more. I'm just saying, I just want to kind of let everyone know how I felt. Yeah. I, I'm appreciative. I'm being grateful. You know, I'm grateful today. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. so typically when we do a tribute episode, we still do it as a top 10, and then I'll go through and I'll read like the uh, PWI and the uh, Observer yeah. numbers. Uh, we didn't do this one as a top 10, but I do want to hit some of the numbers real quick just to, Please. Just to cover. Uh, PWI, uh, Tag Team of the Year 1987 was Stan Lane. Uh, Bobby was ranked number 27 of the top 500 singles wrestlers in 1992. 
Whew. He was ranked number 91 of the top 500 singles wrestlers in 2003. Okay. Um, you get down <laughs> to Wrestling Observer. Um, Newsletter Hall of Fame, Class of 09. That's with Condry and Lane as Midnight Express. Bobby Eaton got the most underrated in 1985, 1986, 1990, and 1993. Mm. He got tag team of the year with Dennis in 1986, and the tag team of the year with Stan Lane in 87 and 88. Awesome. Uh, and then, of course, we, we got we to touch on it real quick, just, just so we acknowledge it. Worst worked match of the year, 1991, PN News, Terry Taylor, Steve Austin, <laughs> the scaffold match at the Great American Bash. Uh, yeah. This thing was a dead fish and a turd in a in a Christmas <laughs> present package. This thing, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. But so Bobby had the numbers, and again, he was one of yeah. those guys. He's like that comedian that only comedians like, you know, he's like the, yeah. the, the guys that really enjoy wrestling, pro wrestlers, the, the, the hardcore, smart internet nerd fans. Those are your real big Bobby Eaton fans. You know? Well, I remember watching one of the clashes um, and Ric Flair, when he was a champion, um, he went on, this with Jim Hurt era. Uh, again, it's on Cornette, you can listen to it, but I remember that it drew me back. Uh him and, there's a match, and I think it's on YouTube with Flair as the champion, and he didn't want to. He didn't want to beat Bobby. He didn't want to. And Cordell's telling the story. He was on a booking crew. You know, he he thought the world of Bobby. They had a hell of a match. I think it's still on there, if no one's taking it down. But it's Flair as a champion defending his title against uh, Bobby Eaton. That was one a hell of a match for that year. Um, it just you know just shows you the respect he had. Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent. I tell you this, man. <laughs> Arn and Bobby were close, and there, there's probably we like to, you know, we're going to ride it out as long as we can. Yeah. Because he mentions different names, he puts me over. Arn does. Double A. Arn Anderson. We know that. But I'll have to say, and I'll say this with great pride, I might add, when my name is mentioned from the lips to my ears from Arn Anderson, he says, Bobby. The way I look at it, the way where we put you at right now, where we got you, you're right up there. You're you're like a Bobby Eaton or a Brad Armstrong. Now, sadly, both of those men are gone, but I'm still here, and I can pass that on. He said, you can work any style and with anyone we have here. You're a true professional. Thank you. Because I made his job easier. Yeah. But he told me that. I can't remember the town we were in. That was the, uh, somewhere out there, but it's one of those things where, you know, Someone from that booking crew, you know, um, road agents, you know, we talked about Paul and some of the people I reported to, you know, Kevin, Terry, Paul, and Arn. And Arn says that um, I'm in pretty fucking good company, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah, if you if we're going to still ride it out double A, you know, favorite enhancement talent. But I but I know he also had a good friend and one a couple guys that I considered a little bit more talented than myself because I'm not going to let my head swell. But I know I'm in good company when I mention that. And um, anyway, I know a lot of people, uh, Jimmy Cornette, Dennis, because I spoke to Dennis last night. I'm sure Stan. I'm sure a lot of other people, Sigmund, myself. Uh, there's I know there's others out there that I'm – not trying to exclude anyone, but they had a good relationship with Bobby Eaton, and they really loved Bobby Eaton. And I think uh, I know, uh, and Bobby loved him back, you know. So yeah, he was just, you know, like I said, hey Bobby, it don't cost anything to be nice to people. It's kindness, man. You know, it's love, it's kindness. I'm having my day as gratitude. I'm grateful, you know. So grateful, grateful to have known a man like Bobby Eaton in and outside the ring and grateful that I got to be a part of something involved in professional wrestling. And, um, I got to do it and, um, had my brother and a few friends there and I got to do it with Shane and that's that man. I'm gonna get all emotional again. So, all right. Well, you know anyway. what? We, we've hit about an hour. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll talk about Bobby again in the future here. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. so let's get real quickly. And, yeah. Didn't we do a top, I think it was top 10 talent enhancements. And Bobby was on that, and yes. not, or not. I'm sorry, if he, he was on something, but also he did most underrated wrestlers, and he was on that. 
so if you go back to our YouTube channel, that text was still, uh, whatever he was, you know, still doing it. There's a couple of them out there. We have Bobby Eaton mentioned and we really put him over, of course. Yeah. Um, so I, I, off the top of my head, I'm not sure where to find him, but I know he's on at least a couple of them that we put over, you know, and we'll probably compile. It's too soon for me right now. And Professor, I do appreciate you getting back to me on that that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just kind of emotional. I didn't know what I was going to say. We'll probably, fans, just so you know, um, I say we're going to put together a legitimate top ten reason we love Bobby Eaton, you know, yeah. segment because that's that was our kind of our bread and butter, so to say. And we're, we're going to, you know, we know that uh, we we just go off the highway sometimes. You know, we take a side road, well, we take the scenic one, route. This one I think was just a little too little too yeah. raw, a little too yeah. soon. Yeah. Yes. But we'll get it out there. I know um, someone, we got a couple, we got another author wanting to come back on that we've kind of miscommunicated with. Uh, we've got some stuff, <laughs> we've got some stuff in the works. We still got to do uh, two of them. We know we've got, uh, we're going to be working on a future fans um, or fans from our future. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, we're going to do another year. The year was, we haven't decided on that year yet. I think our last one was 1976, the bicentennial year. And also, we're getting ready to work on our second. Jeremy, I'll tell you how it is, the 100% legit bell-to-bell Bobby Blaze Hall of Fame. <laughs> I know we've got the um, the most – we got a heel that's going in, and we got a legitimate tough guy going in. I think that's where we stopped at it. Or did we have one more that we – Discussed another name going into our Hall of Fame. Um, um, I, I, there was another name that sounded like we. I know you know who those two people are. Yeah. We swirled those around. Um, but yeah, we're going to put that together too. So we got some more good stuff coming. Thanks for tuning in, man. I you know hey. <laughs> so no, close us out, Jeremy. Yeah. If you need to, whatever. No, I know uh, we're approaching an hour here. Well, we're in an hour and fifteen, I think. So okay, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, not not that anybody's counting. Uh, okay, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see here. Yeah, I think you know for this week we just kind of wanted to get in and talk about Bobby Eaton a little bit. Yeah, and, and the you know other people we mentioned, uh, Burt Prentice, Jody Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just we're we're kind of at that point now, guys. Where the the people we're big fans of are kind of that age where things start getting dodgy and it's unfortunate mm. and it's the shits but you know this is where we're at um, yeah so you know for this week um, my my dog is asleep hasn't made a noise during the episode no. but cow dog did good yeah she did eat my glasses last night though oh god yeah <laughs> um, but you know she's she's being well behaved so I think now's the perfect time to go so. For the Latex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B Bobby Blaze. Bye bye, everybody. <laughs>